You are listening to The Dollop. This is an American history podcast where each week I, Dave Anthony, read a story from American history to this guy with the hat. Gareth Reynolds, who has no idea what the topic is going to be about. Don't you want to do your little thing where you talk about all the things you are, like you're a panty sniffer, shoe eater, uh, toad licker, that sort of shit? Those are none of the things that I've ever said I was. Don't you want to do that? Um, no, because you're mean. So uh, I'm not going to do that because you're a mean, mean person. Okay. All right. You can play and the victim, pal. I'm, I'm just trying to survive uh, every day. I'm just you trying to get through victim. this. Um, you can play you know, the it's, My mental health is what we're talking about here. Wow. This is and, really taking some crazy turns. Um, this podcast is a lot like how it was when I was bullied in the fifth grade. Why were you bullied in the fifth grade, buddy? Uh, because Mark Green told a lie and said that I narked on him, and I didn't. What did you say you narked on him about, buddy? Something about the... It was totally stupid. It was something about, you know, the heat. he, like, kicked a ball over a fence at recess or something, like, dumb. Did he do that? Uh, yeah, but I didn't tell anybody. Interesting that you remember that he did that, though, isn't it? So you're on Mark Green's side. I'm not on anyone's side, but I just... Permission to treat the co-host as hostile. Permission granted. No, you don't do it like that. You don't get to do that. Simply not how it works. Cut to the music. Ah, damn it. And called it, quote, his jam pad. Jam pad? I'm the fucking hippo guy. Dave, okay. My name's Gary. (laughs) My name's Gary. Wait, is it for fun? And this is not going to become the Tiggly Podcast. Okay. This is like anarchy. On a five-part coefficient. (laughs) Come on, Rose, let's play. Now hit him with the puppy. (laughs) You both present sick arguments. (laughs) No sleep tell hippo. No sleep tell hippo. Action partner. Hi, Gary. No. Nicely done, my friend. No. No. Rhoda. Rhoda at the court. Dave, we're going to be on tour. Shut your mouth. Uh, we will be... Go to dollopodcast.com for all ticket information. We'll be in San Jose, July 26th. San Francisco, July 28th. Sacramento, July 30th. August 1st, we'll be in Boise. Salt Lake City, August 3rd. Boulder, August 5th. Denver, August 6th. Las Vegas, August 9th. Phoenix, August 10th. And San Diego, August 12th. Dollopodcast.com for that ticket information. And Dave, like it or not, I'm doing a show in Los Angeles. This Friday, May 5th, I will be at the Dynasty Typewriter at 7.30 p.m. That's this Friday, Los Angeles. And then I'm also going to be in Austin, Texas, May 12th and May 13th at Cap City Comedy. And then I'll be in uh, Phoenix, Arizona at Stand Up Live, May 18th. You can go to GarethReynolds.com for all those tickets and links. And then in July, I'm going everywhere. So go to my website and have a look. Everywhere. Yep. The Bahamas. Um, I need to clarify something. People uh, often say you need to buy bookshelves. I do? And No, I do. Oh, okay. And the books behind me are on a shelf. They're yeah, they not are. stacked. They're not stacked on my floor from the floor up to the ceiling cuz books, I don't think you can stack books like that. You could play They a would Jenga. fall over. You could play really book quick. Jenga. Sure. So I don't have two so there it's an actual shelf. Sure. 
Those are shelves. They're just not. They are. There's the two of them side by them. side. I've seen them. Yeah. So and then to... below them is a floor of books where people can't see. Right. I have a floor of books. Floor of books. A bed of books. It's called the floorbury. You've got some. Stop it. You've got some books stapled to the wall, which I found mm-hmm. weird. And then you've got a lot of magazine cutouts of Julia Roberts all over one of your walls, and they're stapled and glued to the wall. And, um, it's okay to like celebrities. Yeah, no, I know. It's just that you circle their face and red marker a bunch is weird. But um, Speaking of celebrities, Gareth. Mm-hmm. August 7th, 1939. Mm. Year of our Lord. J-Town, what's up, kids? You want to get in the bus and we're going to take a ride to the church? You bored with life? Looking for a crucifix? What's up, kids? Yeah. But by the way, I think, it's, I think it's time to stop it. For sure. No, people love J-Town. The kid. We have converted so many, so many of the younger people to Jesus Christ to through eat. J-Town. You think we've Letting them know them? that Jesus mm-hmm. is also hip and he's rad and he he knows how to he knows how to do tricks on skateboards, mm-hmm. uh, and all kind. Of, he, you know he's, him, he's his best trick. Now. His best trick on the skateboard is the mm-hmm. Alleluia. Hello, Bam. people love that one. Stuck the landing like J Town would have. Richard and Margot Springer escaped Landsberg, Germany, with their lives just day, 24 days before Hitler invaded Poland, kicking off World War II. Okay. The Springers were never heard from, uh, never heard from the rest of their family again, because uh, many of them were lost uh, as they were Jewish, exterminated at Auschwitz and other concentration camps. Sure. A fun start. It always starts with, with with people dying. There's always family members that die. This one's yeah. Just, this yeah. It's, it's sadder, I think. Yeah. But it's not. I mean, you know. Hey, listen. Is it sadder than a bunch of kids? The children. The children. Not, uh, we do a I lot of children usually. I don't think we're. I don't think it's. Let's just get through this. So part. Gareth, That's Gareth my, says it's, it's my comedic it's compass better. is this, saying just plow through. That's mine. Gareth says it's better. The Springers arrived in London two days. Later, having been sponsored by a cousin. That's what you had to do. You had to get a sponsor. Um, I'm very... And Richard Margot... Okay. Yeah. What? I just... Okay. I'm interested as to where this one's going a little bit, but okay. And uh, Richard and Margot moved into a small flat in the suburb of Hendon, which, of course, you know, because you're from... Louvabea and then. What are you doing? I hit my head and I can't do accents <laughs> anymore. <laughs> so just carry me through this one. <laughs> I love a bit and do I'll do uh, I'll do. Uh, okay. I'm uh, your landlord. Rich- are you looking to pay your rent, Epoo? Epoo? I'm seeing a doctor in two weeks. Until then, we just have to get through this. That's Did right. Yeah. Yeah. Are you calling me Epu? Yeah. Look at the Thames. It might be close to here. It might be? Well, could be, could not be. So you don't know where you are? Well, I've hit my head. I'm making this character the say, have the same thing that happened to me. Because, again, I just... there's. Very little in the... I can't do much right now. 
Yeah, I hit my head and I've lost all sense of geography. You're pretty far from, uh... I don't think I could see it off me old balcony. Yeah, look, you're that's a picture away. of a hamburger. No, yeah. You're pretty far from the center of London and yeah. the Thames and everything. Yeah. You should know where you are. Oh, God, fella, I, I was trying to change a light bulb, but I slipped. Richard made his living making garments for British troops in a uniform factory. Nice. That's what you do, man. You get out, you make the profits off the war. I'd rather you, you be making the them than wearing them. off the war. I'd rather be making them than uh, wearing them. When the Battle of Britain started, he worked as an air raid warden. Can I just update you that Jose is taking a number two? Go ahead. Great. During the Blitz, two bombs hit the factory where Richard worked and uh, another very close to their apartment building. Well, uh, all the soldiers no. is going to have to be naked now. No, that's there's, not... There's no, we've run out of uniforms. Well, there's other uniform factories. It's not just... I've been handed a memo, and then other ones too. We'll be all right. Stiff up a lip, fish and chips, bit of vinegar, toss some salt on it, gonna eat it for tea. I'm getting better. Keep going, buddy. They're 100% taking away your English citizenship. What? 100%. I, I will say, I've been pretty outspoken about the royal family, probably too much. <laughs> um,. But, you know, the Springers weren't hurt. They survived. Um, they had a daughter, sure. Evelyn, in 1940. And on February 13th, 1944, while seeking shelter from German bombs inside the Highgate Underground Station, Margot gave birth to their son, Gerald Norman <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. What? <laughs> well, he was uh, born in the yeah, underground? Born in a bomb, in a... Yeah, the, that yeah, explains a lot. Hiding from the bombs. That yeah. explains a lot. Uh, so Richard started uh, running the garment factory, but then with the war over, no need for military uniforms. Uh, so he improvised, and he started making shopping bags and toilet bags and tobacco pouches. Toilet from leftover bags? War What's a toilet? Materials. What, sir, question. Hmm? What's a toilet yes. bag? Well, do you ever, uh, instead of a toilet, use a bag? Oh, you mean it's a bag to waste in? Got you. Of course, and no, of course I, I, I do. I think it's a. I think it's like a like a. It's what I had my freshman year, where you just you take your toilet bag to go take a shower. That's right. You should have actually been in an apartment, but yeah, um, it's a yeah. It's probably like a what the, what the ladies keep their makeup in. I would assume. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he made it out of like old uniforms and anti bomb balloons and stuff like that, like extra supplies that were around. Sure. So after a while, he makes enough money. Uh, to be able to go to America. And on January 24th, 1949, the Queen Mary steamed into New York Harbor with Gerald and his parents aboard. Mm-mm-mm. Thank God, too. So, this, yeah, the Springers settled in Kew Gardens, Queens. Sure. Uh, it was home to hundreds of other German-born Jewish refugees that had, uh, they lived in very small six-story apartment buildings with just tons of other families all packed in. Sure. Um, Gerald's father, again, does really well. He is making and selling cheap stuffed animals and dolls uh, while his mother worked as a bank clerk. Okay. So living the dream. Living sure, the dream. yeah. 
Absolutely. I bet he got tons of stuffed animals. So how bad can that be? Yeah. Well, I was uh, I when my parents sold toys when I was a kid, and yeah, that was like the upside was. The downside was it made me probably go insane because it was just me like talking to toys all the time. But I had toys. Yeah, yeah. Well, they could have got you friends. It's not like the, they weren't making the part those about you then. not being able they didn't, they didn't, they didn't to make talk those, to other they didn't make people. No one, no one wanted to be around you. They didn't make those. So that was then. you. Hey, that at was least that thing. wasn't a narc. At least that wasn't some little narc kid talking about how Mark kicked the ball over the fence. Me, 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 me. A teacher. Um, Mark kicked the ball over the fence. Me. Here, look at my barometer. Come on, dude. You want to fight? Let's fight. You know what the amazing part of that story is? I knew who had narked on him, and I never narked on the Who narc. narked on him? I want the name. Because I have a fucking code. Who's the, who Keith. narked on him? I don't remember his last name. What was his name? I don't remember his last name. It was Keith. I don't remember Keith. his last name. Keith. Keith something. Keith should lose a few teeth. Oh, he's gonna. That's not over. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't think we're done with this just yet. It was only fifth grade. It's yeah. not over. We're not done with that just yet. So, uh, so yeah, things are going okay. Um, on his first day of school, Jerry's mother dressed him in, a, in blue velveteen shorts, a bow tie, and a beret. <sighs> just asking for his ass to be kicked. The, the origin story is tracking... But I, my mother did that to my brother. When my brother went to Columbus Public okay, High School... Okay, I thought school, this sounded familiar. You told me my, this. When yeah. my brother went to Columbus Public High School for his first day as an American student, my mother sent him in the school uniform. Shorts, blazer, tie, chapeau. Yeah. And he came back after his first day. And my mom was like, and how was it? And he goes, I need new clothes. And he was trying to explain to her that he wanted a lunchbox... But he didn't know what it was called, so he was like, a little yeah. case for my food. And she was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> he, like, he was so alienated. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. Uh, well, that's what happened. This is what happened uh, to, to Jerry also. And, uh, quote, I had a bloody British accent, and the kids beat the heck out of me and ripped my suit. The next day, I go back to school. Same thing happened. Ugh. So he's Fighting. scared. He's scared to go. He's scared to go to school. Yeah. Uh, so his mom goes around and asks how he could be accepted by his new peers. And she's his told mom that American goes around to other people or to, to the peers, neighbors. Yeah, okay. neighbors. It says how how can you know? And the the neighbors are like the American boys love baseball. They love baseball. So. She took him to a department store to find a, quote, baseball outfit. Sure. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they called it a baseball costume. Um, yeah. Okay, so she's just there. Yeah, that's what they call bathing suits. No, sorry, swimsuits is a bathing costume. Yeah. It's always been a bit strange. I keep mine in my toilet bag. Your bathing costume? Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's where you want to keep it. Absolutely. Sure. Right near my pee. She uh, she then buys him a kid's Yankee uniform with the number eight on the jersey. Okay. So that's what he goes to school in the next day. Okay. Quote, I wore it to school the next day and nobody touched me. Nobody beat me up. Nobody teased me because at that time, like 1950, you had your own baseball uniform. That was like, wow. And the other kids were nice to me. 
So I was afraid to go to school in the first and second grade without wearing my Yankee uniform. So every day. That's what was, it sounds like. He was going to school in a <laughs> his Yankee uniform. <laughs> oh, man. I mean. Yeah. Okay. I mean, we're learning lessons, right? We're learning how to get by in life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it sounds to me like he was Yankee groomed. So He was Yankee groomed. Not great. When Jerry was 12, he watched the 1956 Democratic National Convention on TV and was very impressed by Massachusetts Senator John F. Kennedy's speech. Nice. So he really thinks this guy's great. Um, He goes to Forest Hills High School, which is also where Burt Bacharach, uh, the Ramones, Simon and Garfunkel went. Wow. Simon and Garfunkel, same school. Interesting. Did not know that day. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's an average student, uh, but he was also very funny, and he was super likable. Oh, and he's a New he York on the Yankee team. Yeah, he's a Yankee. Everybody loves yeah. the Yankees. He's right? probably like ripped it a lot. He probably looks like he hulked out, like he got mad and then like got back to normal in it. Because I'm sure he's grown a little by now, but still, it's a good look. He's still. He's not going to give it up though. It looks great. Absolutely. At the end of the no. day, it's a Yankee no. uniform. Yep. Uh, he was on the debate team. He he was in theater productions. He played the Jerry, flute you're gonna and need the sax. to wear you're gonna need to wear a costume as the character. No, I think I'll just keep wearing no. the Yankee outfit if that's okay with everyone. Macbeth! It's not. It's the no, lady no, 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 wished no. to no, speak with you. What? There's no Macbeth did not wear a Yankee uniform. This one did. A, yeah. No, this one didn't, because there were no Yankees then. So this one didn't. Well, None of this them did. Macbeth is a Yankee. So so what? So you can't do the show. We can't have you in the show. Number eight. There's no... King of England, Macbeth. What are you doing? Macbeth. Are you announcing yourself on the back mic? Yeah, yeah. This is... Trust me. I made a couple tweaks, Teach. See if you can keep up. Oh, God. Yeah. Uh, so he plays the flute, the saxophone, the guitar. Uh, he tell, told his parents, quote... Uh, sorry, teachers told his parents, quote, with his ability, he should be doing better. Okay. I heard that a lot. So, so I'm relating. I did, too. I, I heard that too. a lot. I heard that tons. Um, after graduating, he goes to Tulane University in New Orleans. Now, this is back. Now, people might understand that, but this is back when you could have shitty grades and kind of go to any college. Right. Boomers don't tell you that, but they didn't really have to have great grades. Right. They just yeah. got to do whatever the fuck they wanted. Yeah, that's cool. Um, Tulane, good school, but also a party school. Um, there, there at the university, he was known to sing and play guitar at parties. Okay. So he's the show, the showman type guy, right? He's the, sure. Uh, or I call it annoying, the guy who plays guitar at parties. Yeah, I would agree with you. Mm-hmm. Um, no, we get it. You want to get laid, and that's all you know how yeah, to do. Yeah, we, we get it. You're going to get uh, laid. All right? Relax, pal. Yeah. His father told him, quote, look, if it goes on like this, it means you can't be successful. So he's partying too much. Okay. Sure. And one summer, Jerry played gigs in upstate New York, uh, a singer at a resort called Breezy Hill. He wore a sharkskin suit and sang folk songs by Peter, Paul, and Mary. <laughs> so he's got, one, he's got one toe in show business. He's kind of like... Uh, I call to it toe business. Front. Yeah. Well, it's not. It's not. It doesn't make sense. There's no business like toe business. Go ahead. No, you could do the rest. There's no No business business like toe business like toe Uh business I know. And we're going to go until we're done. 
We're going right to the top. Does, is, are there more lyrics? I'm not sure. I'm well, really... do any of the lyrics have anything else to do with toes? Because if it's a toe business, the rest of the lyrics <laughs> yeah, should have... Yeah, of course they be do. toe-oriented. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, you're absolutely, that's the toe orientation. Uh, we're going to kick ourselves around. We're going to nail this gig. This is where we talk about how each toe represents a pig. Ho, okay, ho, that's, business that's not, like toe, business like not. toe, business I know. I mean, I guess that's toe business. Thank you. I wanted to know what, I wanted to know, I thought through the song I could learn what the toe business is. <laughs> Well, you know I mean? yeah, you've got an ailment, I've got a pedicure. Come on, don't you want to know some more? What don't you toe? If you park your car on the wrong side of the street, it could <laughs> get towed. Got, that's it could got get nothing towed. to do with toes. Oh, look at this That's a little different toe. toe. It's the sweetest one. It's the cuticle. Oh, yeah. There's toe business like toe business like no business I toe. I think we've all got the clarity we were after. I don't, th- I don't think we are. I think we're right than we we're where we need to be, 100%. <laughs> All right, so uh, he graduates from Tulane in 1965 with a BA in political science. Sure. He's now very big into civil rights and the anti-war movements, uh, and then he goes to Northwestern Law School in Chicago. Okay. And in 1967, a history professor invites Jerry to a, a Democratic uh, Party dinner. Mm, boring. Yes. And uh, there he meets Bobby Kennedy. Wow. Uh, and RFK offers Jerry a job wow. in his DC office as an aide. I tell you, he is he is likable. That's one thing. Like yeah. people like this guy. Yeah, right? I think I would say that he was always likable. Yes, I agree. Yeah. Um, and so when RFK announces his run for president, Jerry becomes a political campaign advisor on the cam- right on the campaign in in the area sure. right, in Chicago. You should, so let's all you look should, it up. When you right? do the debate, you should run out and kick his ass. Yes. Pull his, pull his hair off and say, you stole my woman. You are not good at this. This is bad. I think it's pretty good. Terrible we'll have advice. security. Oh, Steve yeah. Steve Wilkos. Yeah, he'll be there. <laughs> um, so let's all look it up. Uh, RFK wins the California primary. I mean, it could not be looking better. Oh, my God, he gets shot that night. Uh, so Wouldn't have happened Jerry, if Steve you know, Wilkos was there. Right? So Jerry goes from just being on top of the world to just horribly depressed. Right. Um, he's like in and out of depression the next year. Wow. He eventually goes and decides to take the bar exam. And, and Dave, let's not overlook the fact that the, if the if agents of change are on the way, the government probably kills them. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yep. Yeah. Uh, so if uh, so, he doesn't know what to do. He gets he takes the bar, he passes, and he starts practicing as a lawyer in Cincinnati. Sure. Um, he lands a clerkship at uh, the city's second biggest law firm. And while he's there doing that, he's also singing folk songs a couple times a week at the There's Mahogany Hall. So he's business still like yeah, show, got a toe in. Business like no business we know. That's just it. That's with. The, yeah. yeah, no, it was great. Uh, with another singer, he made a record 
called Bloodshot Eyes. Uh-oh. Reefer. I don't, I don't know if it's it ain't about It ain't about dirty pillows, Jack. That's about reefer. <laughs> uh, he became active in a local referendum to lower the Ohio voting age to 19. <laughs> I thought you were going to say nine. To nine. Great. That'd be the best. So you wanted to lower it to 19? Yeah, to 19. What was it? What's the, difference between having, what's the difference between having 10-year-olds votes and 80-year-olds vote at this point? Well, honestly? I'll tell you, I, I really, honestly, I think it's that the 10-year-olds show up. Um, <laughs> what was the voting age prior to that? 21? I believe it's 21. Wow, yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Uh, that's great. That was the time when they, when they realized, uh, oh, oh, it's not going to work because we're sending you to die in a war and right. not letting you vote. Right. Yeah. So it it did fail, but his speeches, the the work he was doing, the speeches he was giving, he really impressed the local Democrats. Okay. In nineteen in November nineteen sixty nine, he resigns from his law firm, and he was only there for five months. Um, okay. And the next day, he announces he's running for Congress. He's twenty five years old. Wow. Quote: "I was pissed off about the war." I mean, everybody was. That was the... Sure. Well, not everybody, but everybody was, didn't want to fight in it. So, in this incredible coincidence, three days after he announces, Jerry, who was an Army reservist at the time, is called to active duty and sent to Fort Knox. Wow. Weird how that happens, huh? Well, you know what else is uh, a coincidence? Go ahead. Is that the guy he's running against, who's a five-term incumbent named... Don Clancy, he's on the House Armed Services Committee. Hmm. So very somehow, yeah, it's somehow this weird coincidence. Very happened. interesting. Oh, it's so good. Jerry, yeah. uh, Jerry uh, serves four months and is discharged, and then he starts up the campaign again. But it's too late anyway, uh, and he lost. But he did. He did okay. He got like forty-five percent. That's not bad. That's great. Yeah, um, and then he ran for city uh, Cincinnati City Council a year later. Okay. And Republicans try to paint him as a lying carpetbagger. He'd just been in town for two years. Uh, but he has a very young, energetic base, other people who don't want to die in a war, and, uh, and he wins. Nice. Well, winning is you, you, the top nine get picked, so winning is being in the top nine, right? Okay. Uh, so he's only 27. And he's very outspoken. He's a lefty. Um, he's very, very popular person. Pretty quick. Okay. One of his first actions as city councilman was pr- to propose a ban on the drafting of Cincinnati residents in undeclared wars, since the U.S. had never really formally declared war in Vietnam. <laughs> well, that's going to be a problem. <laughs> well, it's such a great like it like you, nobody from Cincinnati can go. Yeah. Yeah. So, sorry, yeah. we're not going to... Why wouldn't you do that? That's awesome. Yeah, of course. It's great. Um, it, the, the, it failed, the motion, but it made him very popular. Jerry's yeah. very popular. He, um, so he's easily reelected to the council two years later. Okay. Now, he is very gifted, uh, just naturally gifted when it comes to dealing with the media. He uh, is known for doing stunts while on the city council to attract attention to the issues that uh, he pushes. Like he spent the night in jail to highlight the terrible conditions of the city jails. 
Okay. And to advocate for prison prisoners' rights. Um, is, when he went in, sh- hardly any. Shocking how much I am agreeing with Jerry Springer. <laughs> I know, I really, right? Yeah, I would not yeah. have thought that I would be this aligned with Jerry Springer, but okay, mm-hmm. here we are. Same. So he, you know, not that many people knew when he went in that he was a councilman. From Cincinnati, they just thought he was another guy being sent to prison. Right. It's like one of those movies you see, like right. just a few people know. Um, he had actually originally planned to spend several weeks in what? jail, but only la- only lasted one night. Good God, that's quite an ambitious. I'm actually going for a year. Um, I'm going. I'm going in. I'm doing life. Lock me up. Yeah. <laughs> How long will you be gone? I'm doing six months. Um. After he was there for an hour or so, Jerry, quote, I was thinking that I was thinking that all of a sudden this project was such a bad idea. Yeah, sure. (laughs) But it's also like imagine the people in there who are like, wait, what? He's like, I got it. I'm going to go tomorrow. I've decided. Yeah, Yeah, they gave me three weeks hard labor. And then he's like, I'll see you. Good to meet you guys. I got to get out of here. I don't like this. So remember when Discovery did that uh, show where they were going to have the guy get eaten by an anaconda? <laughs> what? You remember that? No. <laughs> they they did this. That's thing a where thing. They, yeah, it's like five years ago, maybe more. They they plugged this whole show where they're like, "This guy's going to get. He's got a snake-proof suit, and he's going to get eaten by an anaconda." And he's like, "Then uh, I'll go through the anaconda and feel what it's like for an anaconda to digest me," and he's and he's shot it. And then he's, like, going on talk shows promoting it. And they're like, what was it like to be in the belly of the anaconda? And he's like, you just got to watch. And uh, so he's got his snake suit on. And then the night of the show, you, like, tune in. And you're like, all right, let's see this guy get eaten by an anaconda. The anaconda has, like, the tip of his head in its mouth. And the guy's like, I can't do it. <laughs> I can't. It's just crazy. And everyone's like, yeah, we knew it was crazy. Why'd you tell us to watch this? I- I would think that would set off the same sort of instinctual terror as waterboarding. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah, probably. But I mean, it's also, but like, we know waterboarding is like survivable. Fun. It's like torture fun for sure. It's great. It's like yeah. a water slide in your head. Yeah. But, um, but we've never, that's what was so intriguing about the show. You're like, this guy's going to get, like, they were like, get, a man's going to get eaten by an anaconda. And you're like, I got to see how this works out. Because in your head, you're going, how's this possible? And then you're like, oh, it's not. Yeah, how is it oh, possible? It's not. It's I was not thinking, possible. I, the first thing I thought of was air. Yeah, I have many things. Many things. Well, if you, in- if you could put, you could put on a suit that maybe can't be digested by anything. Like, maybe I could that see that. That was kind of what it was. It was like a, enzyme proof Michelin man suit. So he was going to be fully passed. I don't know if you, okay. I mean, who knows what the plan was, but they, the snake like had the top of his head and he's like, now, ow. But I wonder if he also had like a button he would push that would be like, get me out of here button, like a little remote control. You could probably hear him. I mean, it's not like concrete. You, you just could yell, him. you could be like, it's not working. Mm-hmm. It's not going well. It sounds, it sounds like it's, he's fine in there. He's just he's just trying to keep us updated. <laughs> yeah, he's saying hello, 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 hello to you too. I guess we just wait for him to come out the butthole. 
You know what? Now that I'm thinking about that, that actually might be a problem. Yeah. The coming out part. Well, I think we should get lunch or dinner because this is going to be a while. I would think a few days. Go. He's saying go. He's saying go. He's saying go to dinner. This guy's great. Uh, I guess just leave a stand-up camera on the snake because I don't know what else he's going to... Anywho. All right, let's go. And... <laughs> uh, so, um... God, how did we get there? Uh, <laughs> Believe so... it or not, Dave, I did that. <laughs> it was that he said he was going to go for like weeks, and he went for a night. He tapped out immediately. Oh, right, 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 right. Yeah, he did. He did tap out immediately. Um, so, yeah, after an hour, he tapped. He, after an hour, he was like, "I got to get out of here." So the next morning, he gets out and he tell he tells the other inmates who he is, and um, then they tell him all their horror stories, like especially their like one guy had just like a swollen foot, and, he, and Jerry's like, "How long has it been like that?" He goes, "Like six months." The doctors won't do anything, so it was just like, did he let him uh, know he's a, a tow disaster. business? No, he would not, because he's like, I can't tell people about the tow business. Right, there. it's undercover stuff, smart. He doesn't want to be a narc. Yeah, uh, nobody would want that. So he gets out, and what does that mean? Nothing, it's just interesting that you felt fine revealing that it was Keith. Like, nothing. It's just like a narc tendency. He got, <laughs> he got, he got out and told the press the jail was, quote, absolutely terribly depressing. So on um, June 16th, 1973, Jerry marries a Margaret Velton, known as Mickey. Okay. Uh, she's uh, from Kentucky. She worked as an assistant at Procter & Gamble. Nice. So she's a Shout Satanist. Yeah, right, right? right. They met on a blind date in 1969, so they've been together for a little while. Okay. Their apartment was d- described in an article, quote, a lime green semi-shag rug covers their living room floor. Nice. 70s. Uh, no. Yeah. And that's not any... Uh, lime green? Yeah. I mean, come that on. That doesn't... It's hot. You just that's walk the in se- there and you just start vomiting. Well, that's the idea. Nobody'd notice. Nobody could tell. An old, worn, dive green upholstered chair and a footrest are in one corner with a single bed, a makeshift couch opposite. So they don't have a lot of money. Right. Uh, but they know how to design. That's, that was my point. Right. Yeah. Now, in October 1973, Leon Siminski was the manager of the President Motor Inn in Fort Wright, Kentucky, which is located on the Dixie Highway just across uh, the Ohio River from Cincinnati. Okay. And Leon rented a three-room suite to Monty Bruce Emery to operate as a health club. Wait. So it's just a, it's just a traditional <laughs> highway, small highway uh, motor inn. Sure, with a three. That's going to now have because uh, you when you go to like motels, there's often yeah. a, a health club. Yeah, yeah. When you go to mo- when you go to motor inns, normally they're like, uh, we don't have a traditional gym, but there's a three room suite. Would you like to go <laughs> it's there? A health club. There's a health. There's a more of a spa vibe here at this hotel that costs nine dollars a night. As Leon, the manager, said, "quote A bona fide health club could be an asset to the motel." 
okay. I mean, it's like putting really nice rims on your 95 Honda. Like, That's right. I bet you, you could it. throw the money. At, no, 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 no. Not my point. <laughs> <laughs> it was named the Leisure Health Club. <laughs> okay. But then Leon said he received a complaint about the club. Hey, uh, so, it's uh, really stupid, and there's not a lot of good equipment in here. <laughs> it's just the hey, guy. The towels aren't great. They yeah. got no towels. You got to bring your own towel. The workout's push-ups, which is just a floor situation. The cucumber water's urine. So Leon calls the motel security service and asks for them to investigate. <laughs> there's many, a lot of there's it, a lot of things Pentagon? that are said here. Yeah. <laughs> like how many? Can't he just go knock? <laughs> yeah, but he he clearly didn't want to because there could be. Uh, a fight, so the manager has a security company he calls, Why, basically. Who did he invite in to build this leisure spa? <laughs> <laughs> He's an animal. Okay. Well, Monty Bruce Emery is who did it. So, sure. So a part-time security employee comes and goes to the health club, and he goes in and he pays a guy uh, at the front counter $20. $20 in the 70s? Yeah. And then a masseuse takes him into a back room and starts giving him a massage. Oh, wait. And then she gives him a hand job and then oral sex. Wait a minute. So he gives her an extra $10. And then after it's done, the security guy goes down to Leon's office and he explains that he just got a a blowjob for $10. Wait, why, why, why not when she started jerking you off? Didn't you stop and come down and tell me? I got to make sure that this is an illegal situation. It was an illegal situation. She took you in the back and it's jerking not, you off. It's not officially unless you finished Why did twice. you give her another $10? How did you know to do that? Um, it just felt right. You you climaxed in the masseuse? Not, yeah, I mean, the, yeah. The mouth. Yeah, I understand the mouth. You don't need yeah, to say yeah, the mouth. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know yeah, what a blowjob yeah. is. Do you, have you ever, do you know what an anaconda is? I Listen, yeah, it's just the tip. She went full shaft. So yeah. you, as soon as she started I, jaying you off, you should have come down here. No, you, yes. I mean, you don't really know. You don't really, you got to really complete an investigation. You know what you I mean? You did complete. I know that you completed. Yeah, I finished the investigation. All right, I'm listen, gonna I'm going to go up more. there and do a little recon personally. You, you should investigate. And if I'm you're going to go see, for, I'm going to go make Pam. sure that this was, she might have just liked you. Well, she, she blew did me like too. Me. I just got blown, oh. so. So she liked both of us. Yeah, she's she's nice. Look, I should go back and just make sure this is what check happened again to make sure. Because my memory's a little blurry. Because it was forty five minutes ago. I'm gonna come with ago. you. Let's get a couple's yeah. massage. I think that's a great okay. idea. Yep. And can I just self backpat for a minute and tell you how happy yep. I am that I opened an amazing leisure spot at this, this truck is a great stop health club? This is a great health club. Uh, so another customer who visited the health club around this time was Councilman Jerry Springer. (laughs) I mean, where are you going, Jerry? Uh, I'm just going to go to the uh, motel across the river for a workout. (laughs) I think these are billed as as massage places. Oh, they are, yeah. Well, I mean, it's just so weird they call it a health club. 
Yeah. I mean, it's just so weird they called them health clubs there, but I think... Yeah. Because they don't... They call them health spas now, now, right? Isn't that what they would call it? It's I a thought spa. they were I mean, just here, massage places. Yeah, and here they're massage, but I think they've also been called health spas. What if I mean, we both knew exactly what they were called because we're like <laughs> job addicts, but we didn't want to admit it? I don't actually... They do that still? I feel like they don't Is even it? do that anymore. Who's not a hand job addict? <laughs> <laughs> We're all just in a weird form of recovery. Yeah. yeah love a hand job. Uh, so uh, Jerry goes in December and then he goes back in January. And both times, as you do when you go to a health club, you pay with a check. Oh, wow. I think I remember this. He paid with a check. Oh, my a God. A masseuse showed another employee there <laughs> the check. And what he said, on the memo said, line? Blowjob. <laughs> <laughs> my dick was sucked. Uh, well, I'll tell you what he wrote. He wrote, for services rendered. Oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> nice work. <laughs> you know the memo line's optional, right? You don't have to write on there. First of all, there is absolutely no way it's your first time or under your first hundred if you're so casual that you're writing for services rendered jokes on the chat. I mean, it just seems so dumb. It's so dumb. It's so easy. Just cash, buddy. Cash. Cash is also, tea. why are they taking checks? What kind of I agree with what this kind point of too. I agree with this pushback. Shop yes. is this? Yes, I agree with this. Yes. <laughs> Um, so she, she shows it to another employee and he's like, don't show it to Emery, the boss, because quote of who the check is from. So he's like, who is showing it right now? Two employees showed it to each other. The girl Uh, who the, the sex worker showed it to another guy. Oh wow, he's like a government guy. Yeah. Look who this is. And then the the other person's like, don't show that to Emery. He'll do something with it. Um, but then the check bounced. Oh my God. Oh my god, dude. Come on. Come on. No wonder he didn't do cash. So the Leisure Health Club pinned the bounce check to the office wall. Who, who okay, what is hap- what what is happening? How are they <laughs> who, what what Jack Shack has a bad check wall? No. Oh. I don't know. It's pretty great, though. Alarming. Um, in January, the health club was raided by the FBI. On what six grounds? people were arrested. And how many I people don't were know. arrested? Six people were arrested. Okay. Three, three women and then the three uh, guys running it. Um, so it, it was open for like two months. Uh, on what a run. April 20, on April 29th, 1974, political columnist Frank Welke, I think it's Welke, uh, reported on the Cincinnati Inquirer's front page that a Cincinnati Politico was involved in a two-state FBI vice probe because it's just across the river. I mean, it's right. it's two states, but it's like five miles. Yeah, right. So um, it makes it sound better, though. Um, also, it's it, I don't know, if you drive across state lines to yeah. see a sex worker, they probably do add on a charge or something. Yeah, they do. Yeah, yeah. Um, I know if you bring them across state lines, like if you if you drive, yeah, but like you're saying, they, across, they're like, whoa, because yeah, yeah. that's that's a whole thing. Like, could you imagine, like meeting a woman and then driving her over the river and then having sex with her? Like, 
you're a terrible criminal. Well, yeah, but a lot of times that's what, like, you know, it's like... Like, I know it's, yeah. but it, okay. Yeah. No, it's like, it's like when they're, they're saying uh, kidnapping and sex trafficking, but it's often yeah, just right. used to, for other reasons that like, right. that's. What yeah, can I say? I wanted the banger in Montana. <laughs> <laughs> I got a mountain thing. <laughs> uh so after that story came out later that day, Jerry Springer resigns. Interesting. In his, resignation, in his resignation, he cited very personal family considerations, but did not mention the investigation. So he's like, I'm leaving because of some family stuff. And people are like, yeah. you blew a load in a massage person's <laughs> mouth. <laughs> well, anybody who could connect the morning paper with the political guy resigning would know. Right. right. Um, yeah. So the next day he holds a news conference. And he alludes to the investigation at the health club. Uh, he's very red-eyed and shaken. Okay, you ready? Yeah. And I got it. Well, what are we doing, here. media? Engaged in activities which, at least to me, are questionable. These actions have weighed heavily on my conscience. And early last week, I contacted the FBI and voluntarily answered all inquiries of what I had done and of what I had knowledge. I am continuing to cooperate in that investigation in any way that I can. I have also been informed by numerous sources that there is an investigation underway into the activities of health clubs in Cincinnati. I have visited health clubs in Cincinnati on a number of occasions, but these were solely for legitimate purposes. To the best of my knowledge, no club in Cincinnati, which I visited, was engaged in any improper or illegal activities. So, are you uh, catching what he's doing there? Uh, well, I'm, what, the Princess Leia hair? Um, no. Uh, <laughs> no, he's, he's saying in Cincinnati, yeah. and this is across the river in yeah. Kentucky, so it's a little bit of a, you know, he's playing, he's playing, he's doing lawyer stuff here, right? Yeah, but also I feel like what he's saying is in case they bust a Cincinnati health club. Yeah. I'm getting ahead yeah. of that too. But who, yes. who has, I guess the health club, like that was the massage parlor of the 70s. But like, you don't go to like multiple health, you know what I mean? You go to the Y. You don't go to like eight. Hey, visit <laughs> now. I go to nine gyms. Like some people go to two gyms, but like you, you don't go to nine. I visited multiple places where hopefully hand jobs weren't happening, and if they were, I didn't know. I was there to just do tries and buys. I I go to a bunch, a bunch of them. <laughs> For sure. These are the complete facts in this matter. Facts which I can only hope the public will understand. It is my fondest wish to re-enter public life, but I believe it in the best interest of this community that I resign until such time that the air has been cleared. I wish to express my deepest gratitude to those who have stood through me or by me through this ordeal. My wife, my family, oh. and so many friends, those both in public life and private citizens, have given me strength when I needed it most. Okay, so 
I like the guy who took the trash out during it. <laughs> Excuse me. They pick it up later tonight. I just want to make sure. Sorry. Excuse me. Uh, so yeah, so so he. It's obviously a very like. People don't know. I don't want to really say what it is. Right. Uh, like it's a very like you know walking around the actual thing. Right. But he but he resigned. You know, at the end of the day, he's he's gone. He's yeah. out. Um, a ton of people now call the mayor's office and uh, the city council offices, and they all support Jerry. Like, it's, like, right. way, way, way for Jerry. His wife is like, I don't think he should resign. Uh, politics are his life. Um, it, you know, it hurts to see him like this. Wow. And Springer then voluntarily testifies in court. He said his conscience drove him to contact the FBI after he paid for sex. But that's not true, right? There was a raid, and then he did it, right? Or no? That's yeah. That's actually the right, timeline. which yes. is what yeah, which is how they always handle that. They're like, once I realized I was busted, I wanted to come clean. But I mean, he, no, he's he's literally saying that he was just a, a few months later. Like, I just that, I you know I've just been thinking about that blowjob I got and, right uh, after it was like gotta, published gotta, in the gotta, paper, right? I got to call the cop. No, it wasn't published in the oh. paper yet when he when he reached out to the FBI. But he was already he already knew he was blown. Well, no, he was Not. blown at the spot. <laughs> uh, well, he probably saw the bad check pinned on the bulletin board. He was like, "That ain't great." Yeah, that's not good. Uh. Um. So one of the sex workers also said the district attorney made a deal to get Jerry. Uh, the charges dropped or not press charges if okay. he would resign from office. Okay. Um, but that's illegal to do, so that guy always has denied it. Oh, hey there, everybody. It's Gareth, you know, from this uh, this podcast. Uh, listen, I've got some stand-up shows. I'm inviting the Garmy, the Gareth Army, to join me for. I will be in Fort Collins, Colorado, August 18th and August 19th. I will be in Minneapolis, Minnesota, August 24th through August 26th at Acme. I will be going to the UK in September. Please join me. I will be in Glasgow, September 13th, London, September 15th, Dublin, September 17th, and September 19th, Manchester, Birmingham, September 20th, Bristol, September 22nd, and Cardiff, September 24th. And then in November, I'll be in Australia. November 10th, almost sold out, I think. I'll be in Melbourne, Australia. Then I will be in Northbridge, Australia on November 15th. Adelaide, November 16th. Canberra, November 17th. Brisbane, November 18th. And then I will be in uh, Sydney on November 24th. Go to GarethReynolds.com for tickets. Garmy, let's get at it after it. Let's see you there. Hey there, people listening to The Dollop. Uh, this is Gareth. Yes, the same guy. I Listen, I have a new podcast called We're Here to Help that I'm doing with my friend Jake Johnson. It's basically a call and advice show where we don't say that we're professionals because we aren't, but we try to help people with problems that are important to them. You can listen to it wherever you listen to podcasts, and it is out right now. So go listen to We're Here to Help with Jake and Gareth. We're here to help with Gareth and Jake. I don't remember how we did it, but either way, fun half hour comes out Tuesday, August 22nd, and the episodes will be out every Tuesday and Friday. We're here to help. Okay. 
So Jerry returns to practicing law, and he forms a partnership with uh, former NBA agent Ronnie Grinker and another guy named Henry Sudman, and they create a law firm called Grinker, Sudman, and Springer. Sure. And, you know, Jerry's asked if he's ever going to run for office again, and he said, quote, I'm not saying I'll never run again, but for now, it's a no. So now he's just, like, defending felons and murders and handling divorces and sure. things of that nature. But politics is still in his blood. It's what he wants. Okay. In early, early 1975, he, uh, he goes to the Democratic Party, and he asks if they will endorse him if he runs for city council again. And the local Democrats are like, no, the, no, you're... You wrote a bad check got- to a blowjob spot. <laughs> <laughs> to pass. So uh, in September, Jerry announces that he is going to run as an independent. Nice. And he finishes fourth, meaning he's back on the city council. Oh, wow. What? <laughs> so the Democrats now are in a weird place, and they welcome back into the party because they, he's, he, they now they're it. like, yeah, yeah, no, you won. That was great. <laughs> you won. That was great. Um, so in 1976, Jerry and Mickey have their only child, Katie. Okay. Um, she's legally blind and deaf. Oh, wow. She, but she was like, my parents always treated me just as they would anybody else, you know? Uh, so Jerry remained on, on the council until 1977 when he became mayor of Cincinnati. Okay. So back then it wasn't the voters that chose the mayor, the city council did, and it was like a different city council member would be picked by the other city council members to be the mayor for one year. What? Not really. <clears throat> yeah, it's not it's not really a uh, he doesn't really have a lot of power the mayor. Right. It's just kind of like a figurehead. Yeah, kind of. Um, they put you on the money. LA, I get it. Yeah, yeah. No, right on the cash. So he's mayor in 1977, and as mayor, uh, people love him. Low jobs are now fine to get at your health clubs. And paying, health clubs everywhere. Paying for them by check is not a weird move. <laughs> um, he was called, quote, the smart young thing of Ohio politics, and radio rock station WEBN starts having uh, featured commentaries by Jerry called the Springer Memorandum, and they're very popular. People love his little commentaries. Okay. And this kind of launches a broadcasting career. So he's, he's, he's like a... Um, he's a populist mayor. Um, sure. He pushes for a new electoral system to elect council members by neighborhood instead of, like, the whole city voting at once. Right. So then each neighborhood would be more represented on the council. <laughs> okay. Um, that, is, that is, of course, they don't allow that to happen. Right. Um, but he, like, fights for individuals over corporations. He's very much that guy. So after serving as mayor, he decides he's going to run for governor. Okay. Uh, in 1982. And he ran tele- television commercials where... He said, "It's." <laughs> oh no! He said, "He said this." Oh no! I'm Jerry Springer, and I want to be your governor. Now, after sharing some specific solutions for our unemployment and education problems in this state, it looks like the nomination is finally within grasp, which makes what I'm about to tell you even more difficult. 
Some nine years ago, I spent time with a woman I shouldn't have, and I paid her with a check. I wish I hadn't done that, and the truth is, I wish no one would ever know. But in the rough world of politics, opponents are not about to let personal embarrassments lay to rest. Perhaps like you, I'm not sure what any of this has to do with being governor, but maybe my talking to you about this makes a point. Ohio is in a world of hurt. The next governor is going to have to take some heavy risks and face some hard truths. I'm prepared to do that. This commercial should be proof. I'm not afraid, even of the truth, and even if it hurts. Come on, join me on June 8th. We're going to turn the state around. Jerry Springer, Democrat for governor. You got to like the idea that he's like trying to get ahead of it. But it's like, it's like, dude, you have like it's limited not... time. You talk about what you're going to do. Don't be like, ah! eh, the, <laughs> I, I might actually be able to win this thing. <sighs> By the way, nine years ago, a woman blew me in a health club and I paid her for it with a check. Oopsie daisy. But come on. I wish I didn't have to talk about it. You don't have to talk about it. Shut up, Kathy. I wish I didn't have to talk about it, but I'm going to talk about it. Here's what she did. I'm going to start with the first act and then move on to the other acts she did. Yeah. Um, As she licked my balls, she put her <laughs> tongue on my taint. She asked if that felt good. Jerry, don't do this. I said it did. She asked me if I'd like her to go lower. I unfortunately responded with a, please, miss, please go lower. <laughs> I'm what can only be described as a mission of excavation. She continued to dig in my bum. And I got to be honest. It was like I launched a rocket out of my penis that day. Jerry, stop it. I want to be your governor. I have two seconds left. It's like, I mean, what do you do, though? Like, I get, like, I don't think this is how you handle it. No. But I think, I think there's another way. You but this is just so hilarious. But it's, it's hard because you, it's one of those things where, you know, it's like, do you, yeah, you want to get ahead of it. So, like, you probably are like, let's just get it out there right away. But it's it's a it's a short commercial. It's like it's a you know yeah yeah. It's you know, a short commercial. All anybody all all anybody is going to remember for the whole thing is I paid with the check. That's yeah. all anybody. No so one's ever going to get past that. We're so conditioned now to the environment of denialism that it seems very strange to have someone be yeah. open and honest about what they did. You know, it's like you never see that now. Yes, I said grab him by the pussy. Yes, I did that. It was locker room talk. I had a lot of fun. I did it a bunch, you know. Yeah. So uh, the ads seem to be effective. According to campaign advisor Michael Ford, applications for campaign workers grew five times following the ad airing. Interesting. In the spring, of, I think there's just, a, especially then, early 80s, coming out of the 70s, there's a lot of people that are just like, yeah, it's just fucking sex. Like, and as much as there's probably, all these puritanical people yeah. out there, at the end of the day, most people are like, okay, who gives a fucking shit? I would also guess 50% of them were just people who were just like, I wanted to meet the guy who paid with a check at a jerk factory. <laughs> See you later, Mr. Springer. Uh, in the spring of 82, Jerry moved to number two in the primary, but it didn't last. He finishes a distant third behind the former lieutenant governor and the Ohio attorney general. He only got like 20% of the vote. Okay. But he had raised yeah, he did. tons of Democratic insider eyebrows because he managed to raise a shitload of money. Hmm. 
The primary winner said, quote, the great thing about Jerry Springer was that he would just meet people and ask for big money. <laughs> I mean, imagine a time in the Democratic Party when that was an anomaly. <laughs> so they're like, this, this kid's got something. This he's kid's got no shame. He's the future. He's got no shame. He doesn't fucking care. Yeah. Um, so the primary win- winner gave Jerry a job on his campaign, which was clearly to just raise money. Right. And now around this time, Jerry was also hired as a political reporter and commentator on Cincinnati's NBC affiliate, WLWT, which was at the time the lowest rated news program. So like, we got to take a chance. Right. This guy's popular. Um, this is when Jerry, with the help of other people there, came up with his signature sign-off line, take care of yourself and each other. Nice. <laughs> he made the station very popular. Uh-huh. Within two years, he was Cincinnati's number one news anchor, and he ends up getting 10 local Emmy Awards for his nightly wow. commentaries. That's crazy. Right? <laughs> yeah, He's that's just, a lot, yeah. He's really good at politics. Yeah. He did this one thing where he paid a sex worker with a right. check. And that, that was that's, it. That's, <laughs> just, and it doesn't matter what it, you say, yeah. you always go, uh, what the fucking check, man? That, that, that like hinge moment for him, he's like, you know, I just, there was an ATM. I just didn't want to go across the street. There was a 76 across the street, and I just didn't, I don't know. <sighs> Was it harder to get cash then? How hard was it? Yes. Okay. So you to at at this time, if you wanted to have a weekend, you had to get to the bank by Friday at five and take out money at the fucking bank or else you could go to like, there were also a bar that would cash a check for you or a grocery store would cash a check for you. But you kind of had to know those guys it's, to do that. Just, like you had to have it, a grocery just, guy. Or... It just shows you how amazing the male mind is that he is like in yeah. government and he's just like, I just want to go get a blowjob. So yeah, I just, I didn't, I didn't know, I didn't think to go to the grocery store to get my blowjob dole money Friday at four. So I'm just gonna go. <laughs> I'm just gonna write a check. What's the worst that could happen? Hey Jerry, your political career's over because of what you did. I should have just. I, you know the crazy part? I was at the store earlier buying ruffles, and here I am. Damn. <laughs> I mean. You know, we did so much. We did so many drugs in high school that we would all plan for it, and, and we would leave school and drive to the bank and take out our, you know, cash. And you know, I would get be ready really wary to do that time. with a narc. Personally, <laughs> okay. I was right when I said, "Can I treat the ghost as hostile?" By the way, ha, uh, Team Keith. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, so he, so he's like right now he's on top of the world. I mean, aside from the fact that he can't, I think he, you know, he's got to be like the political career is not going to happen at this point. Yeah. But in a way it's like, whatever. I I hope at the Emmy speeches, he was just like, and I want to again point out, hold on, don't play me off. About 11 years ago, I made the mistake (laughs) of going to Kentucky (laughs) and paying for oral sex with a check. And in the memo line, I wrote for services redeemed. (laughs) Uh, So, but again, 
It's like back when he was at Tulane and he was, uh, or when he was a lawyer, he was like, he had one, he had one foot in that and the other foot in show business. Right. Like it's the same kind of thing right now. Right. right. So, um, now he's getting all these awards and then in September, 1991, NBC, Cincinnati, NBC affiliate, WLWT needs to replace the Phil Donahue show. Mm. Jerry, quote, the company that owned the station where I did the news owned talk shows. They owned Phil Donahue, Sally Jesse Raphael. Well, Phil was retiring. They, they so were just, the CEO, that, that production company's like, we will only work with people who wear glasses. <laughs> that's, that's uh, honestly that's ideal. Welcome, we know that's. Welcome to Spectacle that's the key Inc. All. That's what we need. And so the CEO took me to lunch one day and said, Phil's retiring. We're st- we are starting a new talk show. You're the host. So Jerry was to host a politically focused daytime talk show. Oh, my now, people God. May not, people <laughs> may not remember this, but Phil Donahue did a lot of politics. Yeah. Well, Phil Donahue. The one who came along and bumped that kind of out was Oprah Winfrey, who came in and did really sensationalist, fucking gross shit. Like, she was the one. She was the first one to come along and sort of steer the ship towards sensationalist. Right. And then Phil Donahue had a show on MSNBC and was, was like, the highest... What's that? Yeah, actually, yeah, that was years later. That was... Years later. Highest rated show. This one. And then it was when we were going into the Iraq war... He was the only no, it might have been the first Iraq war. He was the only anti-war voice. Uh, it might have been yeah. the second one, actually. And he was the only anti-war voice on the network, and they got rid of him. Highest rated show they had, though. They got rid of him. Anyway. Um, yeah, he, yeah, he was totally... He was, yeah, they fired him because he was anti-war. But yeah. that's what you do when you're the liberal network. Yep. Uh, wait, what? Wait, what? How the hell? Uh, uh, yeah, he was fired in 2003. You're right. So there's that. That's cool. Um, so, so yeah, so Phil's show was a lot of politics. So they kind of wanted a, a guy similar to that, right, um, sure. to fill the shoes. And that's exactly what Jerry was, right? He's known for Phil Donna shoes, they called it. Mm, I don't think yeah, so. Yeah, they did. Um, uh, so, so he takes the job. Uh, it's called the Jerry Springer Show. And at the same time, he remains the nighttime anchor on the news. Interesting. So he's doing both jobs. Double Just in duty. case the talk show doesn't work, he's right. still got the other thing. And then in 1992, the Jerry Springer show was moved to Chicago. So he would fly back and forth between Cincinnati and Chicago every day to wow. anchor the nightly news broadcast. It's a real Seacrest. <laughs> <laughs> Your boy. But then... In 1993, it's too much, and he resigns from uh, the news and just commits full-time to the Jerry Springer show. Right. Um, The show struggles a bit. At first, it's just a political-oriented talk show. Longer version of his commentary thing that he was doing. The guests include, like, Oliver North, Jesse Jackson. Wow. Wow. Uh, He's doing topics about homelessness and our gun policies. Crazy. But... This is a saturated daytime talk show market. Right. 
you can think of all the people that, you know, uh, what's her name? Jones and Sally Jesse Raphael mm-hmm. and Geraldo, Mori uh, Povich, Richard Bay. So it's all, Montel it's all those Williams. people. Yeah. I'm not sure if Montel is Maybe there not. yet. Probably. Probably. I think Montel comes a little bit later. Sure. Um, but yeah, it's all, it's all that mix and they're all trying to out nuts. sensationalize each other. Nuts. So it's, he's not making a splash. And then in early 1994, Springer and his new producer, Richard Dominic, revamped the show's format for higher ratings. And the show became more successful by targeting the tabloidish sensationalism. Guests are more normal people, and they're confronted on a stage by a spouse or a family member about adultery or homosexuality or sex work or, you know, hate group membership or controversial situations. Situations, yeah. it's like a combination of like Sally Jesse Raphael and who was the other guy at night? Uh, oh, um, Kevin. Uh, wait, who? The guy with the big eyebrows who said he got kidnapped. Um, Morton Downey. Morton right, Downey. Right. It's kind of like a combination of because Morton Downey's before Morton this. Downey so it's kind of like nuts. a combination of. It's a combination of like Morton Downey and Sally Jesse Raphael or right. Phil in a way. Like right, it's like. Right. It's like this amalgamation of these different... So It was like, yeah, Morton Downey, Raphael. Yeah, so they're, um, they're often scripted, shouting or violence on stage. The show uh, got huge, huge ratings. Huge. And uh, a lot of attention with episodes like My Boyfriend Turned Out to Be a Girl, uh, which are sexier, bigger or smaller breasts on women. They're doing stuff like that. Do, do you remember the um, one where it was like my boyfriend said he was going to go into an anaconda, but bailed once it bit his head? <laughs> <laughs> I remember like I remember it was on it was on like when I would get back from school. And I mean, like every yeah. day I was like, I cannot wait to see this shit. Yeah. It was, yeah, it was so, just completely it was so, insane. It was so scandalous, and it was so different than anything else that was on. And it was when, like, there was no real... There, people were still like, wait, what is this? Before they could realize that it's so damaging to our culture. You know what I mean? It was yeah. nuts. Nuts! It was nuts. You'd just come home it and you'd be like, I'm going to watch two people run full steam at each other to beat each other up on the stage. It's going to be great. Yeah, yeah. Next on Spring. What you're going to hear today is absolutely astonishing. Meet Earl, a man who cut off his own male organ. He did it with a pair of garden shears identical, identical to these. I wish it never happened. Earl holds Ronnie responsible. He's been stalking me for years. Have you two been lovers? No. Yes, we were. He cut off his manhood. I regret it now, believe me. Next, Jerry Spring. Today at 5 p.m. on UPN 22. I mean, like, what? What else you? What else you gonna watch? <laughs> <laughs> what else you gonna watch? This dude had a stalker, so he cut his penis off, and then he's like, "Will you do ever together?" No. Yes, we were. <laughs> hey, you want to watch that at five? Yes, I do. <laughs> what? I mean, I I watched Jesse some Jackson of the- was like, "Didn't I do that show?" <laughs> I think I did that show once, didn't I? I mean, I watched some of it, and I was always like, totally fake, totally real, totally fake, totally, totally fake, totally real, fake, real. Fake. Yeah, but I, I also, it was just like something I had on. Like, it wasn't like, 
it's not like the kind of television that I sit there and I really pay a lot of attention to. I'm just kind of like watching it. Like, I, I would say half of us or more than half of us were just stoned. Like, what the fuck? Like, yeah, I, I, it wasn't like I was then going out and trying to emulate it. You know, th- that's the thing that they, that, you know, people are getting freaked out. It's destroying culture society, but it's not. Because we already had Oprah. Like, Oprah was already doing her version of it. Sally Jesse Raphael was doing her version of it. It was just a little bit different. You know why it was different? Because it was common people. And rather than the audience being horrified, the audience would cheer, Jerry, 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 Jerry. And it had like a wrestling feel to the audience. You wanted to go to the show. You did want to go to the show. You absolutely wanted wanted to go to the show. show. Yeah. Yeah. No, I remember. I I even remember being like, I guess it wasn't. I mean, again, I was. I don't even remember how old I was, but at some point you were like, yeah, this is fake. And also at some point you were like, gosh, all they do is beat each other up. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was yeah. just like, but it was. And while it was going on, there was the conversation of like, isn't this making us worse in a way? There was that conversation for sure. Yeah. Um, but. Like, that's where I get very hesitant because you're like, isn't this making us worse? Did the invasion of Panama make us worse or is it this? Well, <laughs> did, there you go Did the again. Keating Five uh, getting away with fucking over all those people out of their own homes and the savings and loan scandal, did that make us worse? Or is this guy on TV with two strippers beating I each think, other up? I think that, you know... Yes, I think we have the, we have the, well, in a way, though, I guess what it added to a little bit was the level of, you know, when you, when I look at, like, how distracted we are now, it's like, you know, it. I guess it was sort of the seed that led to, like, hey, you got to watch this guy get his balls beaten in. Like, you know, that level of distraction, I think you're obviously right, like, you know, there's so much. I mean, yes, compared to war crimes, like Jerry Springer is nothing. You know, like, yeah. I mean, and that's yeah. the thing is, like, you know, the politicians who are talking about Jerry Springer, yeah. and you're like, well, yeah. yeah, right, yeah. Um, and then of course there is today. He got a blowjob 15 years ago in Kentucky and paid for it with a bad check, and he feels bad. Today he's hosting the Jerry Springer Show. Today on the Jerry Springer Show. Yeah, and then there's um, Jerry had on a guest who said he was in love and married to his horse. But before we talk to Mark, let's meet his wife. No. Please welcome her to the show. And so now they're bringing out a horse. And Jerry didn't know what was coming out. He never knew. So he just has on a card. Was he backstage and he was just like, wow, look, a horse. All right, what's the show today? He, they wouldn't show him the horse. They would make wow. sure he didn't see the horse. So... This guy's blind, and he has a cane. With the cane looks like a shepherd's like cane in the mountains. This guy's blind and dating a horse. That's correct. And so now Jerry has the horse come out. Well, Mark Twain. Okay. This is why I, why I compare it to wrestling because there's these people that are are like wrestling is so dumb and blah blah and you're like right but it's not fucking real and the people watching it know it's not real and the people yeah. watching this are now standing up and giving the horse a standing ovation because what they're seeing is like this is the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen in my life 
and I'm going to get up and give it an ovation because it is essentially, it's now mocking Dr. Phil, right? Well, yeah, and I also think, you know, it's just nice to see love. Does the blind guy know it's a horse Or is the blind guy like She's quiet She's weird But she's mine Now Greg Barrett and I had uh, He had a talk show And I was brought in to be a writer And our idea was to have like A person go up there And then they'd have like A wizard as their Boyfriend And then in the audience Would just be like a chipmunk and people in different costumes, and you would do a talk show, but you would do it so it's so it was like more bizarre so, than Jerry right. Springer. Like it was taking to the next level. But the right. people at the the people who we were doing it for, the company couldn't comprehend what we were trying to say. And we were trying to say, no, we want this to be absurd to a level yeah, like that will make people ticks. that will right. make people watch it because everything else has been done. Yeah. And they would never let us do it, and they tried to force Greg into doing a regular talk show. And the very last episode, they were like, "We'll let you do the episode you want." So we did that. We had like a woman in the audience with a full beard and, and a chipmunk, and we had all these different people. And they would just stand up and ask. They would stand up and ask questions like, "Why would you do that with your husband?" Like, like a chipmunk just standing up and going, "I don't understand why you would just cheat on your wife like that and not care." Right. And for Greg, said for like seven years, people would stop him on the street and go. That fucking episode of a daytime talk show that I saw was the most amazing thing because we knew we knew what we wanted to do. We wanted to take it to the next level. Yeah, but right. people didn't understand what this was. It was real, Underst- but it was what, fake. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. It's right, wrestling. Right. Yeah. Yes. It's true. Uh, okay, so the horse is coming up. And they walk the horse over to the guy and he takes the reins. And now he's kissing his horse. Oh my God, he's tongue kissing it. Yeah, so he tongue kissed his horse. And I happened to be brushing down at her tail end and she lifted her tail up and... <laughs> there it was in all its glory. <laughs> she, uh... Gonna vomit. (laughs) (laughs) Are you? I felt. Stuck a finger in because I was so curious. I want. I wanted. I wanted a girl, but but by that time. Have you ever been with a woman? Yes. I mean a human. Yeah. To make it to make it march, eventually after a bad prom date experience, I actually did have intercourse with that little mare the next year. It was oh, it was great. It was fantastic. It was uh, so good, I about passed out. Okay, so <laughs> Dave, I. <laughs> it was out at like 4 p.m. <laughs> I lived in the tail up and I banged her. Uh, so, so this one. Huh. This one, a lot of stations refuse to air. Why? <laughs> <laughs> like, so this is this is so funny because uh, the show 
like you said, it's always people beating each other up. So it had to top it. It had to, they had to go, it had to try to top itself, right? And this is what happens when you try to top yourself. Of, uh, they're of like doing a- it, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I did not know that, sh- that episode existed. <laughs> it's also for him, it's like addictive because it's like he says anything and people are like, he's so right. It's like, yeah, Jerry's on the side of not banging that horse. <laughs> Go, Jerry. Go, Jerry. <laughs> But again, they're cheering because he's showing them the craziest thing they could possibly see. That's yeah, what right. this yes. was. Yes. Yeah. No, he's like he's like a uh, ringleader. Yeah. Um, so. So yeah, that guy married his horse. Now Jerry and, and Jerry gets divorced in 1994. Mayor Eid. Um, Mayor Eid. Jerry gets um, divorced. Yeah, but they soon after reconciled, and were together. But everyone would always say they were divorced, but they were still together. Um, they they were still together until he died. So in 1997, Springer uh, starts a temporary job on Chicago's WMAQ as a news commentator. What? Now, anchor Carol Marine, who had worked at the station for 19 years, refuses to go on the air with Springer. Sure. And she... Uh, instead quits the show. Wow. <laughs> that is, I mean, she, she really had standards. Oh, wow. In recent years, there's been a lot of anxious debate in our business, the news business, about blurring the lines between news and entertainment. Late this week, that issue came to a head at one of the country's largest television stations. Here's ABC's Aaron Hayes. She walked away last night from her multi-million dollar news anchor job. Carol Marine, one of Chicago's most respected journalists, quit after learning that talk show host Jerry Springer would be joining her news team as a commentator. Springer is best known for his highly controversial and lowbrow subject matter. Today we're talking to teenage girls who sell sex to pay the bills. I think his television shows are some of the worst that television has to offer. I made a decision that I could not um, share a news desk, introduce or validate a Jerry Springer on a newscast that I believe tries very hard to do some decent work. Springer, a former news anchor himself, calls Marine's decision arrogant. She wants to say who else can be on the air. You know what? That's not the way this country works. But in Chicago, a town that takes its news seriously, many are applauding Marine's efforts to hold the line between news and entertainment. And once we lose that dividing line, we've lost something very, very precious. Ten years from now, it's the kind of reference that journalism professors will make to young students in class and say, somebody one time actually stood their ground and made a difference. This is my last newscast at Channel 5. In her goodbye on WMAQ last night, Marine made no mention of Springer. Instead, praised colleagues and thanked viewers. Words are not adequate to express the thanks I feel. That's our news tonight. We thank you for joining us. NBC News Management is not commenting on the reasons for her departure. Jerry Springer joins the news desk here on Monday. Aaron Hayes, ABC News, Chicago. Man, that one guy being like, in 10 years, we'll look back and be like, someone cared. (laughs) (laughs) It's true.
it's I mean, I guess it is, but like at at the end of the day, that was a very self-serving sacrifice, right? Because it just elevated her amongst her peers. Sure, but but it's also, you know, I mean, it's also like if you're her, it is like a risk. It's like you know, you know, bird in hand in that business being like, yeah, I'm I, I'm sure that it did. And maybe she was acting selfishly, but it's also there's no denying that news has become entertainment more than news. Sure. And, you know, who knows who necessarily greased the wheels but enough. But news but, was never news when I was young. It was always mostly, you know, you do the, there's, there's no gas and the blah, blah, blah. You do the stories and then, but it was just also a lot of shit. It's always been totally. a lot of shit. I mean, mainstream news yeah, has always been garbage, but this is the same person. I don't know what her deal is, but this, this local news would have been, you know, like I said, to go back now, we're just a couple years out of the, the war, uh, the, the first Gulf war and, Mm-hmm. And they were all like that was rah rah rah. So it was the Panama invade rah rah rah. So it's like it's it's again this yeah. level of like well this is gross, but we are destroying things at the top. These are the people who are destroying everything it's, at the top. These are the people for NAFTA then, closing the factories, destroying it our was lives. Maybe bad that it's still it's. I mean, it's all just gotten worse. So yeah, I don't know. What it has all gotten worse. It, but. You know, but if you have, Jesse, if you have, when Jesse Waters, when Jesse Waters has a show, you're like, hey, what's happening right now? Yes, but if you if you aren't hollowing out the country, if you aren't, yeah, uh, undermining the social safety net, if you aren't doing those wars and getting people militaristic again, if you aren't doing NAFTA, you're not like the society isn't. So they're saying I, we don't like this because it's decaying society. But society's decaying because you're fucking everything up at the top and and everything's just degrading and then people start fighting on state. Yeah, like at it's some one point thing she leads was to probably the other. like they call him Wally and he rides on water skis. <laughs> Twist, he's a squirrel. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah, so like I get like you know, I I didn't really look into her. I know she went and like worked for like sixty minutes and stuff, so you know, she could have been like a really great reporter. I can't, I can't say anything otherwise, you know. So, you know, Jerry is, said, quote, I'm sorry she found it necessary this week to use me as a stepping stone. Uh, so in, uh, and then in solidarity with her decision, that other co-anchor that we saw, he then quit a couple weeks later. Wow. And then nobody hired him and he was like, but she's on 60 Minutes. Am I <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing, I'm also out of here. Come on. <laughs> so this is the- bullshit. All these people in Chicago, uh, religious groups, women's organizations, they're all protesting. There's little protests outside, physical ones outside the, the station. Um, there's phone call campaigns, uh, getting people to call and complain. And then ratings for the newscast. Campaigns. Campaigns. And then ratings for the newscast collapse. Um, wow. They go from a 14 on Monday, Jerry's first day on the air, to 9 on a Wednesday, which is a massive wow. fucking drop. His first commentary was to attack the people protesting him, calling it, quote, elitist snobbery. He, Which I mean, it is! Just, <laughs> yeah, right, but if you're like... Yeah, for sure. But if you're like trying to like... Like, he just is used to being like, everyone claps when I speak. 
Because yeah, it's I, like he's going in there like guns blazing. He could be like, I understand why she did that. He has nothing to lose. He, You know who has yeah, something yeah. to lose? Us, because if he's a populist and if he is a lefty type of guy, he could go on the air and draw in people who wouldn't ordinarily watch the news and then explain yeah. lefty politics to them. And we could actually, right. he could, him being on the air was actually more of a danger because he would speak to the people they never fucking touch oh, on the news. God damn. Ever. Fair enough. Um, and after doing just two commentaries, Jerry resigns. Quote, I'm not being paid for this. What I didn't realize was I was walking into a civil war in the newsroom of the station. <laughs> so the heat uh, led to the station uh, dropping the Jerry Springer show in May of 1999. So it didn't stop with that news thing. It was that they right. wanted him gone. Of course, then immediately the Fox affiliate in town quickly snatches up the show. Right. To cover costs, however, of this new show they had to bring in, they aired the show twice a day. Wow. By the end of 1990, uh, by the end of 1998, it is regularly beating the Oprah Winfrey show in many cities and was reaching 6.7 million viewers. Wow. According to an assistant producer, the stories were mostly real, but they did shady things to get them on air. At the end of each episode, they put up a phone number on the screen, and then most of the time people would impulsively call in when they saw the number. And if the story sounded good to producers, they would fly them out the very same day and put them up in a nice hotel overnight and get them on camera the next day, not giving them any time to change their mind and think it through. Wow. Wow. Yeah. I mean, smart. Smart yeah. for your business. Yeah. Yeah. In 1998, at the peak of the show's popularity, Education Secretary William Bennett and Connecticut Secretary Joe Lieberman spoke at the National Association of Broadcasters convention and implored broadcasters to remove the program from their schedules. So you're right, because Joseph Lieberman is far more damaging and has been far more damaging to how, how any many, actual like, change in our... Like, literally, not, not joking... Joe Lieberman is supposed to be the guy, the only guy, 100% we can put the blame on, supposedly, for not having Medicare for all. That's the guy, right. the one Democrat that wouldn't go for it under Obama. So think about how many actual bodies, actual human beings he has, he has allowed to die. It's hundreds of thousands of people that he is allowed to die. But here he is saying, this is what's bad. For society. Yeah. Yeah. And he's just being like, a guy can't bang a horse. Like, <laughs> Boom! We got him! <laughs> Lieberman said, quote, drop it. Or if you don't, urge the broadcast, the producers to clean up the show. Well, again, do you know what capitalism? Nobody gives a fuck, Joe. This is capitalism. Like, it's called making money. That's what, at the end of the day, yeah. no one cares. Yeah. The kind of perversity and violence on that show every day has to have a bad effect on the people and children who watch it. Springer is not a network show. You make the decision to carry it. It's not worth it. You can't do that. At least put it on late at night so fewer kids are watching. Okay, so you were youngish. Did it really have an effect on you as a human being? I mean, aside from banging a tiger. Uh right. no, I, I don't I really don't I, I don't think so. I mean I it was it was entertainment. I 
I would say that it maybe had... Well, during that time, there were so many things that were sensationalizing violence. Like, cops was like... Cops, yeah. Cops, like, changed the way you... Like, you were like, oh, man, watch this guy get his ass kicked because he's a drug addict. Like, you were like, that's fun. Um, But no, I I don't think so. I think it was just like... It was just crazy. Much like watching a crazy movie is crazy. Sure. You know? Yeah. It's... I mean, I played, you know, played... I played a lot of video games. I didn't, like... Want right. to kill anybody because of them? Yeah, you know. Right. Uh, in two thousand, during an episode called "Secret Mistresses Confronted," a husband, his girlfriend, and his ex-wife appeared on the show, and of course, they got into a fight. The couple accused the ex, Nancy Campbell Panitz, of stalking them. Nancy Cut then your penis s- off. <laughs> Nancy said then that the three of them had just spent the night in a hotel room together having sex. The couple then encouraged the, the, the audience to call Nancy fat and old. And then they dropped it on Nancy. They had just gotten married, and Nancy got up and walked off the show. Wow. Now, the guy, Ralph, had actually been going back and forth between the women for years. Like not like switching nights years, like Wednesday, right. Tuesday, Thursday. After the taping, they all reconciled and they were living together in a house. So they're Mormon. And then things got bad and Nancy filed a restraining order against him and had him barred from the home. And then the episode aired. And hours after the episode aired, Nancy's body was found in the home. She had been beaten to death. Wow. And Ralph and his wife turned themselves in. Wow. He would eventually be found guilty of second-degree murder. He is currently in prison for second life. Second-degree? Second-degree. Second-degree. I, I have no idea how that shit works. What is, I guess it must have been I like... Either, I I guess it must have been... First-degree, I think you plan. I think second-degree is like, I saw the episode uh, and snapped. Like, I think that. Right. Maybe. Um, so that was obviously a big black mark against the show. Right. Uh, and all those shows had that. Like, they all, like, didn't Jenny, Jenny Jones? Jenny had, Jones. That's like, yeah. yeah. Um, so, you know, the, uh, if Dr. Phil, like. Jenny the, Jones one is even maybe a little crazier yeah. because it was like a guy, uh, it was like, I have a crush on you. And so they brought some dude out. And then another dude came out and was like, I have a crush on you. And the guy, the straight guy, was like, oh my God, I'm kind of embarrassed. But he, like, was like, it's cool, whatever. I do like you. And you're, like, as a, you know, you're a cool guy. And then and then murdered him. Yeah. And look, we had we definitely on um, on Greg Barron's show, we definitely had like we were like, we shouldn't do this because this is too gnarly. Um, yeah. Like you make that decision. You're like, no, this yeah, is, yeah. is going to someone's going to get hurt. Lives. Yeah. 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 Um, there was a musical uh, called Jerry Springer on opera. It deb- debuted in London in 2003. Um, it toured the what? U.K., uh, Christians protested it. One of the reasons being that it had eight th- around eight thousand obscenities in it. That's <laughs> what they said. <laughs> uh, BBC decided to air a performance of the opera in two thousand and five, and forty five thousand angry viewers uh, contacted uh, wow. the BBC about the content. But still, the show, uh, the opera expanded to the U.S., uh, went to Vegas. 
Um, the, by the way, the Jerry Springer show also aired in the UK and in the morning. Of course. The, um, for your tea. The next year, Harvey Keitel played uh, Springer in the opera in a two-day New York City performance. What? And they find, and so Jerry Springer goes on until July 26, 2018. 27 seasons. What? Almost 5,000 shows. 2018? Yep. Wow. I feel like that show went off the air in 2004. No, um, as a matter of fact, the Steve Wilco thing didn't happen until, I think, 2007. Uh, that happened when he went on, Jerry went on Dancing with the Stars and needed someone to, to co- host for him while he was gone. And it was like, well, the security guard. Which uh, was amazing. Yeah. Because um, his, his version was a little more like, you know, it was definitely a little more, <laughs> it was even, somehow got lowered. He was like, so wait, you were banging him? But you decided that you'd also bang her? That's your neighbor, dude. And people are like, that's Steve. That's Steve. And he's like, all right. And then people would fight each other. And he's like, oh, no, I'm security. Oops. Uh, Jerry was on a ton of other TV shows. His last appearance on TV was The Masked Singer in December 2022. He was dressed as a Beatle and sang Frank Sinatra's The Way You Look Tonight. <laughs> I uh, mean, just even hearing that, I'm like... It, it wasn't so bad when he was on the air. Right. I mean. Yeah. Because then in 2022, he was a Beatle on The Masked Singer and sang Frank Sinatra's I Love You Just The Way You Are. Sorry, what happened? That's on TV now. What is it? Um, Jerry died of pancreatic cancer uh, this week, May 27th, 2023. On November twenty, uh, November uh, 2022, he went on David Yontel's podcast, Behind the Velvet Rope, and was asked if he considered himself the granddad of reality TV. And he said, quote, no, I just apologize. I'm so sorry. What have I done? I've ruined the culture. Wow. I don't know if he's, I don't know if that's serious or if he's joking, but he could think based on what's happened that he yeah. had a hand in it. Yeah. I'm very, like, I, like, I, you know, I've stated my case. Like, I think that the, the, you know, elites do all this damage and then they point at the people who are, you know, uncouth yeah, and below them. Yeah, it's very much, well, it's, ve- and it is very much, it's culture war shit. It always yeah. is. I mean, it's yeah. just like, that's what we really highlight. But I think both can kind of be true. Sure. I mean, I think the fact that he, you know, he made, Television more sensational. It it lowered the bar. It but got he, worse. But he didn't do it, right? The people who put it on the air did it. At the end sure. of the day, it's the sure. stations making money. It's people trying to make money. Like at the end of the day, that's really who well, it's, there are gatekeepers in our business. Yes. You know? But it is it's also it's not just him. But yeah, it's it's but but with his show. You're right. They enabled that. But regardless, I understand if he made that statement, why he would feel like that a little bit, because it's like it is. We are a very, you know, fighty, um, you know, when I mean, again, when you think of our celebrity culture now, again, I'm not putting all this at his feet, but when you think of our celebrity culture now, it is there is no there's just no remnants of intellectualism in any way. You right. know, there are there are some people where you go, oh, yeah, I like this person because, like, fucking hey, man, I watch so much, so many Irish politicians 
like um, from their their uh, their government, where I'm like, these people are like going viral all the time, and a lot of them are just showing up looking like they just came from surfing, like yeah. they're in sandals, yeah. and they're just like, totally. let me tell you something, we absolutely we've committed so many bloody wire crimes, but. <laughs> But when you think of, like, the Kardashians or you think of, like, these things where it's, like, you know, people who don't really provide anything are famous. Um, okay, so I want to stop you right there. It has gotten worse. And when you watch Instagram, it's like, yeah, I want to watch someone on a rope swing swing into a cliff. Right. It's, entertainment so, has gotten so, so shit. You can take it also back to uh, Johnny Carson. Watch old Johnny Carson Tonight shows, and I he do. has people on, and they have incredibly intelligent conversations. Uh -huh. They talk about, the, like, it, it's stupid shit, and then there's someone on there, and they talk about something very substantive. Uh, you know, it, it can be a very smart, intelligent conversation. And then you flip to Jay Leno, and it's uh -huh. dumbed down so fucking far that you have the dancing Edos. Yeah. And then you go to Jimmy Fallon, and now it's just fucking idiotville. So it's not yeah. just, it's not just like Jerry no. Springer didn't cause this. No. There has been a I, dumbing I, down yeah. in every single area of, of, except for dramas. And it's so much fucking dumber than it ever, it all is. It's all just getting dumber. There's no place for, I mean, I guess like you have the Jon Stewart thing which is sure. kind of there and you have uh, Oliver and you have some people doing stuff but there's no like two people like it used to be Dick Cavett two guys would come on yeah right right uh, uh, Gore Vidal and 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 yeah. William Buckley and have this incredibly substan substan substantial conversation yeah. that's that's gone now it's just fucking idiots and you have you have now you have uh uh, Paris Hilton and Jimmy Fallon hawking NFTs. Like, it's... The level of stupid everywhere is in fucking incredible. There's no place if you're a smart person to exist and watch anything like that. Make as anymore. much money as you can is the only thing now. There's no... They'll do anything. Everyone will do anything they can to and that's, make and That's what Springer was, right? At the end of the day, Springer was like, okay, so if you're going to not allow me to be a politician because I wrote a check to a sex worker, I'm going to write a check to a sex worker all over your whole fucking country. Yeah, I mean, it, it is a good encapsulation of the time and it might not just, it's maybe not just an indictment on him, but it is the time. That time, things really started to culturally change, not for the better. You're right that, like, having a politician, having Joe Lieberman be, like, the moral superior to anybody is insane. Yeah. Um, but the culture part of it was, like, that's where we kind of were like, fuck it, <laughs> whatever, let's do this. Um, but it's all, I mean, there's so many reasons for it. It's not, you can't, the people always point at one thing. You go, it's because of Jerry Springer. And you're like, man, there's so much yeah. other shit going on here yeah. that you're just pretending like isn't a thing. Well, yeah, I, you know, cops, cops. Cops in its own right just was cops is horrifying. amazingly just horrifying. Just the most, the most rampant, horrifying propaganda. And, like, and just, just unbelievable. A, you cannot turn that page back. I mean, nope. what, the, the level of, like, how that, you know, I mean, and it still goes on. I mean, when you watch TV now, it's like 
she was an FBI agent who did everything right. You know, it's just like, it is just, there's never a show about someone who's like, get rid of the CIA. Imagine cops, but they're just shaking down rich people. Yeah, right. Uh, It's just cocaine coming out of their pockets, and they're like, oh, you're doing wage theft, and they're fucking putting their head in 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 the fucking French fryer, like... Yeah, like just lifting the, up a kiddie pool and finding Jamie Dimon <laughs> underneath it and just, like, beating him with a hammer. Like, those guys are all, like, we know what they've done to our society. They've yeah. just hollowed it the fuck out, and yet, you know, yeah. you're watching cops. Like, there's just a reason you're Hank watching Paulson cops. Paulson opening the door to his mansion, like, I'll go peacefully, and they throw him down and just start squishing his head into his marble <laughs> floor, shouting, stop resisting, stop resisting at him. Yeah, I, I love mean... It. Yeah, they, it's a, it's a, you know, it, it's the same thing we have going on now. It's all a distraction. It's a distraction to keep you from yeah. paying attention to the real. Extremely issues. effective too. Yeah, extremely just, effective. I mean, the crazy thing about the '90s is, is we had nobody thought about anything. Nobody, there was yeah. no concern. There were very few of us who were very politically minded, and like, I'll never forget oh, yeah. the election of the second election of Clinton. There was a big comedy party at Cobb's in San Francisco, and all everyone was celebrating except two people. Me and David Cross, and I remember we we made eye contact across the room and both just kind of fucking shook our heads and like these guys don't know what's happening. (laughs) Nobody does. No, it's true. I didn't. I mean, I was. I don't. I couldn't even vote then, but I definitely, um, you know, was like, "We're in good hands." You know, (laughs) he's doing is good. Yeah, I mean, he's known for a blowjob, not NAFTA. Yeah, it's just. But that shows you. That shows it's. You know, again, it all comes down to a BJ. Um, And might I say, Dave, that's our final thought. Be good to yourselves and each other. (laughs)